All right, here we go. Episode 31. Phil, bring us in. Can you fucking believe it? Oh, man. You're not exactly real pumped about this one, huh? I, well, it was just something I hadn't tried before. Just sort of Why the... not just throw it away? Yeah, yeah. Can you fucking believe it? Come yeah, on. yeah, you know, by the time that we're listening, you're listening forget to this. Forget about it. Forget about it. If you're, if you're listening to this, you know what it is. Maybe. Right? Well, maybe. Unless yeah. you downloaded it in some heroin-infused haze. Oh, right. You're like sitting that there. That sounds it, good. You're like, you're like uh, you know, laying in a haze in an in a opium den with a bunch of Chinamans. <laughs> uh, looking at flowers and, going, wow. And Johnny Depp as he tries to figure out who Jack the Ripper is. Right, exactly. You're just looking at things going, wow. Okay. <laughs> you're chasing your dragon. Ooh. Touche. Right. So, uh, should we introduce ourselves? Uh, I think we should. We're a movie kind of thing. Yeah, podcast? I think we should. You know what? We haven't introduced ourselves in forever. <laughs> I think that basically we have assumed that people know who we are. I'm Amos. Well, I think that's because 90% of our listeners are personal friends and family. Probably. <laughs> but I will say this. We actually did get a very big spike in listeners mm. uh, over the last, say, month or so. So, yes. if you don't know who we are, I'm Amos. And I am Phil. <laughs> you like it with a question mark at the end. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> That's Phil. Phil is the much more analytical one. I'm the one that just flies off the handle and says, like, boobies! Exactly. So, you know. <laughs> that, that's a, sort of our you characters. Make, you make your own contribution. Exactly. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. And this is, can you fucking believe it? We're at 31 episodes um, I will say this, just giving a little bit of a preview, uh, I think, what, next time will be our year anniversary? Somewhere around there. I think it's the here. next one. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the next one. It'll be our year anniversary, and um, just so you know, we originally said this was going to be a weekly podcast, <laughs> and... Uh, Turned out to be maybe a bi-weekly one. Yeah, so this is next week is not going to be episode fifty-two. <laughs> it's going to be, you know. So anyway, um, the next week it will be our week or our yearly anniversary. I don't. We have not. We have no plans. We have no plans yet. To you know, we will make grandiose plans. So I'm gonna download a uh, <laughs> a uh, soundboard uh, program, and we're gonna have all kinds of sound effects, like you see or you hear on the <laughs> exactly like you hear on the on the morning radio shows. You know, <laughs> boing, whatever. Exactly. So yeah. Anyway, um, can you fucking believe it? KenUFBI at gmail.com. We actually have gotten some feedback. So that's going to be... But that's maybe not a, the most important thing. Oh, not at all. Fuck those The most people. important thing is that we have a new way to get in touch with us. And share your love of what we do. Don't well, we, Amos? Yes, we do. How is it that people can share the love, Phil? They can find us on our Facebook group. We just made a new Facebook group. After a year. And I finally got off my ass and decided <laughs> that, you know, instead of just telling people that I meet randomly on the street, hey, listen to my podcast, I was like, hey, Facebook, uh, there's a couple people that use that, right? Couple. Yeah, a few. So, uh, yeah. So, look up our Facebook group on uh, Facebook. Uh, <laughs> you know, let me allow me to introduce myself. Right, allow right. myself to introduce myself. myself. Yeah, but no, it's called "Can You Fucking Believe It?" But Facebook would not let me swear in the so title. It's a, a, to a movie that we reviewed in the past, I believe, was in the loop. So it's didn't I swear I talked about? I it. I don't anyway. know. But it's can you F star star K I N yeah yeah so look us up on there and you know what actually I was a little surprised within about probably three days of creating that group uh-huh. we had like uh, ten or twelve people hey, that uh, that's a start we're we're fans we're respectable eh, you know it's, <laughs> it's not like nobody not likes all us. of them are people I know well you yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, <laughs> one of them is my brother. Hey, <laughs> speaking of your brother, uh, first first movie, first movie, Inception. 
I have not seen it. It's a travesty for you that you haven't. Well, see, okay. The reason that I say it, uh, the first movie that, uh, and I haven't seen it because I haven't seen it, but your brother uh, messaged me and said, what did you think of Inception? And I was like, shit, I can't talk about this on the podcast. But then I realized, I was like, when was the last time the whole podcast was something that we had both seen? <laughs> Never. <know>? Never. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have seen Inception. I have not. Yes. Uh, your brother said that he did not like it. That's at correct. all. And you I said that you did like it. I did. Okay, so let's I get think, going. Let's get this party started. <laughs> Inception, if one can try to explain it, is about a group of people who steal secrets from your mind while you're dreaming. And then... Also uh, known as Homeland Security. Indeed. The NSA. Ooh. Um, uh, what was I going to say? But uh, So they receive a new uh, assignment... Um, to plant an idea in another person's head, which apparently is near is impossible. So, so okay, they can steal the ideas out of your head, but they can't put one in there. Right. They okay. they say that your brain can always tell a fake idea when you try to put it in. So you have to make it seem organic. Yeah, you know what? I do that all the time with advertising. It's like I fuck you, Arby's. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, damn! Sorry, this just reminded me of something. Do you remember when me and you and Disembodio were we were driving around and we saw that text sign beef. Uh, text beef to whatever? <laughs> and literally, we all we almost had to pull over because we could not stop laughing. Yes, because that seemed a little wrong. It seemed a little odd, but okay, go ahead. Sorry, uh, <laughs> got off topic. But no, yeah. so it's uh, it's directed by Chris Nolan, stars Leo DiCaprio, and uh, the kid from Third Rock from the Sun, and Ellen Page. And I must say that she's by far the worst part of the picture, and I think a big piece of miscasting. Yeah, it seems like <laughs> miscasting to me, actually, because uh, if I'm thinking that I'm going to make some sort of semi-dreamy, uh, uh, you know, disincorporated sort of you know, this movie that anything can happen and whatever. I don't want Ellen Page. Yeah, for me, she just seemed too snarky and she didn't have the weight of anybody else. Right, well, exactly. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't really like Leo DiCaprio, but at least he can infuse some emotion in a line. Sure. sure. She just infuses sarcasm. <laughs> right? Um, well, I mean, Juno, I mean, come on. You know... Yes. Uh, you're going to take the girl from Juno and make her into this sort of serious, oh, you know, we're watching your dreams or something? I mean, come on. <laughs> but I think, if I remember correctly, my brother just decided he didn't like Christopher Nolan, that the, that the movies were uh, too icy, maybe, or gamey, or, or something like that, where he just didn't appreciate that it, it, was, it didn't have a lot going for it. I don't know. I can see how... Okay, I can see how maybe... Uh, you would think that it was a little too technical almost. It is. Like, there, there's no real heart to it. And, but, but see, here's the problem is I kind of disagree with that. By the end of the movie, I mean, I was a little teary a couple times. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying based but, on but my... I, yeah, yeah. Based on what I've seen of Christopher Nolan, uh-huh. he's not exactly the most emotional director. Correct. You know? So I can see that. But I, it's a passion project. It plays like it. It's big and fantastic to look at. Oh, there's Thank my cell for, phone. You know those advertisements in the movies where the lady gets eaten by the zombies after wandering through the war film? That's you, Amos. <laughs> That's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm turning it off right now. Okay, here You're it goes. Better. It's off. Thank you. Sorry. But I must say, I, I, there, there must just be some connection uh, with me and Christopher Nolan. I love no. this movie flat out. I love Christopher Nolan. I really do. I, in fact, um, I, I watched uh, Dark Knight uh, last night. <laughs> in the dark. Uh-huh. Ooh. See, uh, uh, for but me, no. that's like the worst of him. No, I know. But what I'm saying is that all of his movies... Like, I, I like his movies, uh-huh. and I can see how he has this style that could be translated as, uh, there's no real emotional connection. Right. It's just story, 
and it just looks good mm -hmm. and it's but and it's there's no real heart to it yeah okay but that doesn't mean that he can't make a good movie right. you don't necessarily have to have uh, you know, you don't have to have this tearjerker moment to make a good movie, right? <laughs> right. But I think also some sometimes people misunderstand that. Like for me, um, you know, I think a lot of people had the same problems with his other kind of passion project that he did in between Batman's was uh, the Prestige. The Prestige. I loved the Prestige. And I love that movie so much. And, and by we, the we, end, I am so into it. I want you, uh, what's his name, Jackman, Jackman, to win so bad. We, I know we did we, we yeah, talked yeah. about the prestige but anyway but I no I, I get it I totally do and the thing is too is it's like you don't have to my thing is is it's like oh man you have to have this emotional connection to something well in some instances you really don't you just yeah. have to tell a good story it you, exactly. you know if it looks good if it sounds good if it's uh, a story that you want to know what happens. Yes. Well, you don't have to have something that makes your balls crawl up and say, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I think yes, it is a big jigsaw puzzle. It's a game. It's about figuring it out. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being logically attracted to a movie rather than emotionally attracted. Sure. To a movie. No, I totally get that. I totally do. And the thing that makes people I think the the thing that turns people off a little bit about the dark knight especially you mm. is that well there's many reasons <laughs> and we talked about this for a while yeah. at one point but um it's more of sort of a calculating movie as right. opposed to uh something like I don't know green mile where you know you you get so emotionally involved in this little mouse or whatever yeah. and it's like it's a calculating movie and I would assume, and I haven't seen it, but I would assume that the uh, the Inception is more of like a calculating movie. Right. But uh, see, my problem for me with The Dark Knight was that it was overblown. That it, it just oh, sure. seemed to go on forever and not really get a whole lot of places. Well, sure. No, no, no. Inception no, no. I... seems far more streamlined in how it wants to tell its story and how it wants to wow you in a, as an audience with the story and with the outlandish nature of it. Sure, sure. No, I get that. I, I totally do. I just, I mean, my, the only point I was trying to make is that you don't have to have the, uh, you know, pulling the hurt strings yeah. to make a good movie. But, I, I, again, I'll say that I think if... if um, Anybody who watches that movie and isn't emotionally charged by Marion Cotillard, who plays his dead wife, who shows yeah. up in all of his dreams, Leonardo DiCaprio's, uh -huh. um, it, 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 the scenes with her at the end are astounding. And yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, so let me ask you this. And this is sort of just playing devil's advocate a little bit. Why is it that somebody would not like that movie? Um, you know, I can, I can see them being icy, uh, you know, or being too icy for people, too calculating. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's a fucking movie. Well, <laughs> it's meant to amaze Th you. Phil's not. brother. What are you thinking? I know. It, post it on Facebook. Let yeah, us right. Know. Give us some feedback. Um, but, uh, but no, I don't, I, I think Disembodio had a, had a problem with it, but. It was mostly Ellen Page. He thought she well, see, I ruined can't, the movie. I cannot see Ellen Page in that movie. I mean, really. It's like, and I haven't seen it, but I cannot see Ellen Page in that movie mm -hmm. because it's it's one of those movies where it's like, okay, she was in Juno, <laughs> and it's, it, it, I don't know, that was her big thing, and she just doesn't seem to me to be somebody that will... Uh, give what you need in that type of movie. Right. It's almost like it's almost like. Would you say that Ellen Page should have been the replacement for uh, uh, Katie Holmes in Batman? Oh, geez. no! Can you imagine? Oh God! <laughs> um, but what was I gonna say? I do kind of appreciate. Uh, I, I think Christopher Nolan and I just have the kind of same sensibility. I love that he resurrects these kind of great old, maybe 80s, 70s actors, that he, because uh, in um, Batman Begins, it was Rucker Hauer, and uh, of course he has a, a big shining to, to Michael Caine, who never really went away, 
but has had a big new lease on life, I think, because of... Oh, yeah, Michael Caine. Honestly, um, Michael Caine was the perfect actor for that. Indeed. Um, but in Inception, it's Tom Berenger. Nice. Who actually does a pretty darn good job. Calling back to our Shattered episode. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. But I think, you know, my, my brother at one point said these, these directors that kind of keep... Uh, a, a crew of guys they really trust around them as sure. actors sure. tend to make better movies and I think Christopher Nolan is becoming that I mean uh, uh, he had Michael Caine had a small part in this um, the, the the who's that weird Irish guy with the big eyes who was uh, who was the um, in Batman Begins as the psychiatrist oh yeah um Anyway, I can't. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay, I'm brain farting. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I know who you're talking about, but... Uh, Killian Murphy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> but uh, there's, uh, there's, he's getting that kind of retinue of people he likes to sure, hire. Sure, sure. I, I think it makes for a better movie. Sure. I, you know what? And the thing is, too, is it's like there's a lot of people that uh, have sort of this uh, crew of, of people that they like to cast and or employ whatever mm-hmm. and and carpenter is a perfect example of that <laughs> i mean yes carpenter's maybe the worst example of well that, he's he, been doing it for 30 years well I mean, sure but who the, else would put george buck flower right in right but i'm saying that it's like once you know somebody enough to right. know what they're capable of know what they're uh doing uh-huh. know what they uh what their limits are maybe yeah. uh and you know it's like you can you can just do whatever you want with them because they, you know that they're going to do what you want. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like this podcast. I know that <laughs> you know well, that I'm going to be a jackass. And that uh, you're going to speak intelligently. You. Yeah. Uh, you're going to speak intelligently. And I'm going to be like, oh, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I did not remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so all in all, I'd say Inception is by far, so far, that I can remember... My favorite film of the year I've seen. Ooh, nice. Well, that's a very uh, strong strong endorsement. I haven't seen it yet. I honestly, to, for me, I think that uh, I may wait for DVD on that one just because... I think you'd be missing out on some of the experience. Yeah, well, it wasn't a 3D movie or anything, was it? No, but I think it's a movie that will okay, play well, better on a big screen. Okay, well, and you know what? That's the thing, too. I was going to talk to you about this... Before we went on the air, um, there are movies that are definitely better on the big screen, right? And or three D, uh-huh. okay? Because we had this whole running debate about, uh, <laughs> you know, about uh, uh, Avatar and everything. And I think that to be a director that's going to make it to make good movies, mm-hmm. you have to actually think in the, on the big screen. You cannot think about the DVD sales. You cannot think about the cable sales. Whatever. You have to think about the big screen. Right. Because that's but, why people go to the movies. Well, right. But, but I mean, there are certain movies that, you know, who gives a shit? You know, if I see the latest Ashton Kutcher picture in the theater or at home, it's still going to be an Ashton sure. Kutcher romantic comedy. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, a movie like Inception, that's built for the big screen. A sure. movie like Avatar, should you should see that on IMAX 3D. Right, sure. That's it's like it's it, meant it, to be seen. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're Kevin Smith, it doesn't matter if you see it on... Who cares? You don't, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you see it on the big or small screen. If you're James Cameron, yeah. you have to see it on the big screen. Correct. You know, so I think that, um, honestly, if I was going to make a movie, which I will, people, Uh, I swear. My day will come. We're going to still do the Canadians thing. (laughs) We only mentioned that one time, I think. I don't think we ever mentioned that. Yes, we did. One time. Yes. Okay, fine. We didn't. Fine. But. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You have to think about it on the on the bigger scale. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you have to, if you're going to be a filmmaker as opposed to oh, you know, I want to do the story of uh, you know <laughs> slackers uh, living in Seattle all the time and just smoking pot and talking. It's like that doesn't matter. You could do that for anything. You could do that for TV or even my little computer screen. Exactly. But or your cell phone. 
<laughs> but you couldn't watch Avatar on your cell phone. Right, exactly. I mean, you could, but it would not yeah, be no, the same what's the point, though? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just like, like... What the fuck is he looking at? I yeah, can't yeah. tell. Oh, my God. Michelle Rodriguez's boobs look really small. <laughs> Don't they already? Uh, uh, see, you know what? Boobs anyway. already came up. And they were only 20 <laughs> minutes in. But um, so that's my thoughts on Inship- Inception. Inception? So maybe we should move on. Okay, let's move on. Take a gander at something new. Okay. Is there anything you want to talk about? I actually saw Percy Jackson, The I Lightning I, Thief. I had registered my opinions on it uh, previously, and in fact, I think I may have been too positive on it in, in retrospect. Well, I, I actually, this is one of the funny things. I went back and listened to uh, a bunch of the previous podcasts because I realized that I didn't remember some of the stuff right. on some of the podcasts. Uh-huh. And that was the one review, really, that was like the one review that I completely forgot. <laughs> I have a very, like, I have a pretty good memory for the stuff that we've done, but uh, I didn't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> and so I watched it about, I don't know, a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was just like, uh, I, you know, ah, this is okay. So when I listened to your review of it, uh-huh. it was basically word for word the same review that I would give for it. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, you know, it could have been so much better. Right. It could have been so much better. And Chris <laughs> Columbus, He's thank just, you. So boring. You jackass. And I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Chris Columbus is a problem. Logan Lerman is a bit annoying. Uh, well, you know what the thing is, though? It's just like, fine, whatever. He's like one of these guys that you probably see on Nickelodeon. Yeah, probably. You know, which, uh, you know, he's got some stupid generic show where he's some suburban teenager. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah. It's a, and the thing is, it's like, you know, it, it could have been a good movie. Right. And you know the whole thing too. The entire time I was watching that, I was thinking that the sidekick, the satyr, yeah, he was. It was the joke from uh, not another teen movie. I'm only here to say shit like, "Damn, that was fucked up," or whatever. I'm trying to attract an urban audience. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Oh God, it was so bad. I mean, (laughs) it it was. And the, the what I wanted to know was how come. You can see that movie being Chris Columbus. Because you know Chris Columbus watches movies. And still make it the same guy. You know? (laughs) Really. It's like, I've seen that movie. I wouldn't want to make that stereotype. But he did. You know? Yes, he did. Damn! Shit! (laughs) That was fucked up! (laughs) There were promising points in that movie. And Chris Columbus generally spoiled them. Well, I think the reason that I forgot that you had given your review of that movie uh-huh. was that I didn't really pay attention. You know, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, that movie's coming out, whatever. And for me, Chris Columbus is so boring that I would never see... I mean, Chris Columbus could, could release a mainstream movie to 5,000 theaters that was like, Chris Columbus... Uh, fuck Salma Hayek, and I'd be like, eh, it'll be boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I do know what you mean. Oh man, I just I watched it and I was like, this could have been a great movie, mm-hmm. honestly. Re- and you know, there's all these movies that are coming out in the wake of Perry Ho- uh, Perry <laughs> Perry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, there's all these movies that are coming out in the wake of Harry Potter that are. Uh, kind of trying to be these sort of tween uh, mythology type of things. Right. And that could have been a really good movie. It could have. It, I mean, there was potential. Yeah, there was a ton of potential there. And the scene I loved was when they were in Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and, and they were like... The Lotus? Yeah, and they, they were there and they were there for five days or whatever and they didn't realize it or whatever. That could have been such a great scene. <laughs> it's such a waste of potential. Chris Columbus. God damn it. <laughs> what is wrong with you? 
Well, speaking of seeing movies in the Dollar Theater, which is what I did for that movie, yeah. I did go to the Dollar Theater this week as well, yeah. and I took in a piece of crapulence <laughs> called Prince of Persia. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Of time. Uh-oh. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, jeez. You're building me up here. No, no, no. Now no. I'm under pressure. No, I know. I remember talking to you uh, before I came over, and I uh, was just like, oh, here we go. We're going to have a uh, masterpiece of crapulence uh, segment here. I just, I don't know. It's like I get what they were going for. They were going for the mummy. Sure. And so it's overblown and jokey and hokey and kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, it done in kind of a fun, keep it going kind of clip. Sure. But uh, uh, Brendan Fraser can do that. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, Doug can't. Oh, Especially... Yeah. When you're trying to get a really bizarre British accent out of him. Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure that I can see Jake Gyllenhaal doing a a British accent. It is such a spectacular piece of miscasting that you just wonder what the hell they were thinking. Well, you know what, I read this thing in like Entertainment Weekly or something where he said, uh, he goes... When they asked him, how, why are you doing Prince of Persia? Mm-hmm. This is this big, you know, Bruckheimer type movie, whatever. He goes, well, you can't be serious all the time. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. You can't be serious all the time. This is true. But, do you have to do Prince of Persia? <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody else is kind of phoning it in. Um, uh, ben Kingsley was the villain, of course, and uh, he would... It kind of, you know, it would make you giggle every now and again because as the movie, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's kind of stayed and he just stands there. And as you realize he's the villain, he starts like hissing at people and stuff. What? And you're like, oh my God, that's really? the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he's oh, like, Lord. he starts snarling all the time. It's pretty great. Oh God. What but is... it's, it's him doing, you know, Ben Kingsley, there are roles that challenge him and there are roles where he's seeking to pay his mortgage. Oh, this sure. This was one of them. Oh, sure. Um, okay. And I must say that Alfred Molina is uh, quite funny as this strange... Doc Ock? Uh, yeah. Um, what would we say of him? He is... I think what I remember from several reviews is he's the first Tea Party Republican character in a movie. Nice. Because literally he spends the entire movie going on about paying taxes and oh God. how he's a small businessman. And oh, yeah, God. It's pretty funny. But um, I don't know. I just didn't get it. I was like, oh, Jesus, wow. This is, this is woo, not so great. I mean, you know, there are a lot of talented people here, and they're occasionally doing things that are kind of fun, but the story itself is like, really? The sands of time make you go back in time, and uh, it's a little too uh, obtuse and confusing, and... uh, Well, you know what? The thing is, it's funny. It's like, I... And I don't know if you will agree with me or not, but I sort of compare that one to Con Air, because... It's like, okay. Stop mentioning Con Air on this podcast. This is going to be called... You are abusing our podcast. Okay, follow me. I mean, I'm going to take our podcast to a domestic violence counselor if you continue to mention that horrid, (laughs) horrid piece of shit movie on it. Follow me here. Follow (laughs) me here. Oh, I refuse. Follow me here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Phil, just let me say what I want to say, please. Stop hitting me. No. Okay, so... You deserve what you get. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should. Uh, But no, okay, here's the thing. Uh, Con Air. There was this high-concept idea, right? Yeah. You put all these cons on a plane and they take it over, whatever. Prince of Persia. It's also a fairly high-concept idea. You take this Persian prince who can reverse time, right? Right. Okay, so you stick a bunch of people in it. That you think might be good. Or interest somebody, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, there's no reason that, uh, let's say, Ben Kingsley is better than, uh, I don't know, uh, John Malkovich. Right. Because, you know, they're playing the same part, more or less. Not the same part. And they're, but, go- they're, they're good actors going overboard right, in a bad right. movie. That's right, right. So, why is it that Prince of Persia... Is any better or worse than Con Air? 
Because it's not Con Air. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That movie is like That's such on a the family t- on the family tree of movies. Con Air is on its own little twig, a mile away from anything else. Okay, I'm just saying it's that the so I- bad. I'm, I'm just I- saying the idea of it is that you take this high concept idea and you fucking you put it all these fairly respectable actors in it because you got a lot of money mm. and uh, you know you just. Plow it out, you know? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it, 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 at least Prince of Persia had a respectable director attached, but... Um, oh, well, what? Okay. Okay. I'm not I defending mean, Con Air. I'm I just saying... I think you are, sir. I, I think not, sir. <laughs> I think that... I don't want to talk about Con Air anymore. I know. I'm I just hate saying, that fucking movie. I know you do. I'm just saying that... If I could erase it from the earth, I probably would. Okay, I'm just saying that it's like the same idea. Right? Oh, Lord. Okay, this, this podcast is getting very contentious. And <laughs> you know what? you brought up that piece of shit. Oh, I'm just... It was... A, yeah, I, I get your point about high-concept movies. I don't know how it applies here. It, well, it applies because you there take... There are lots a, of movies that are high-concept. Sure. There's tons of movies that are high concept. But I'm just saying that if uh, you take a high concept movie, even if it sucks, mm-hmm. you put a bunch of you know. Well, but this is a high concept movie. I mean, high concept it's a movies video are, game are movie. original, right. This is based on something else. Yeah, but, you know. Oh, Lord. Okay. Let's, um, we're going to do the smoke break real quick because me and Phil are about <laughs> to punch each other. And so, I'm going to throw him off the balcony. He'll walk back up. And I'll be and like, then, ow, that really fucking hurt, And hopefully Phil. it will improve his, uh, his views on movies. Oh, probably not. All right, and we're back from the smoke break. We've, uh, we've had a very contentious smoke break, actually. Uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> we decided that, uh... That, uh, uh, what's his name that directed Con Air is okay, but Con Air is the worst word or the worst movie in the world. <laughs> I did, at least. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but all right, so moving on, getting off of the contentiousness that was the Prince of Persia and its relationship to Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely has a relationship to Con Air. Um, but- I did, Ramona, well, I did want to mention. Mm-hmm. That it's not all Jake Gyllenhaal movies around here. Totally. That I, we do actually, on occasion, watch decent movies. Oh, shit. Hello, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched Sense and Sensibility just for all you little uh, film prudes out there this week. Oh, Lord. Uh, Emma Thompson won an Oscar, yada yada, directed by Ang Lee. Five-star picture, perfect in every way. That's all I want to say about it. But yes... It's not all Jake Gyllenhaal and Halle Berry movies around here. It should be. Because <laughs> if I saw Jake Gyllenhaal and Halle Berry, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Uh, no. I'm not sure where that was. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Well, you it know grossed where it, me out a little bit. You know where it came from. You just don't know where it was going. That's exactly. all. Exactly. Okay, so I will say that we there's a movie that we have both watched. Ooh. Which was, How it's novel. complicated. It's so complicated. It's complicated. I mean, wh- you know, what the hell, right? <laughs> Nancy Myers has her, like, finger on the pulse of the elderly woman in America. Oh, God. You know what? There, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Meryl, but I think you can be considered elderly at this point. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, she, Meryl Streep. Fair, looked fairly good in that movie. She right. really did. But I, here's the thing. That movie, to me, called back to an 80s movie. Really? Because there were so many montages. There were. I mean, there were, like, there were like five montages in that movie. Yes. And uh, that's, a, that's a device that hasn't been used in a long time. Well, because it got very tired. After sure, that. sure. But, I mean, you know, Meryl Streep, yeah. I mean, I liked her in that movie. I really yeah, did. Yeah. And, Everybody's and, likable. It's funny. It's cute. Yeah. And see, the thing that, uh, that I didn't like was that uh, Alec Baldwin, for one, youch. Lose some weight, dude. <laughs> really? Come you're on. Like, He's getting like, on in the years. You're one of my favorite actors ever. 
I mean, really, Alec Baldwin is one of my favorite actors of the millennium. Okay, <laughs> but uh-huh. but seriously, it's wow. You know, he he sat there in that one scene. He uh, he took his clothes off and. He was trying to hide his junk behind the computer and all that stuff. And I'm just like, wow, really? Come on. <laughs> and you know what? I can't say that when I'm 50 or 60 years old or whatever, however, however old he is, uh, that I won't look like that. But at the same time, just, uh, I don't know. But aside from that, mm. I think that it was... It was fairly funny, and I think that it was uh, it rang fairly true when it came to uh, people wanting to sort of reconnect with the people that they yeah. had before. Uh-huh. I, I, I assume that that's true. I don't know. Um, what was I going to say? The funniest scene in that movie is John Krasinski when they go to the hotel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, and then the doctor went up, and then the thumbs on, and then oh. Yeah, yeah dude, that guy. <laughs> you know what? He was very funny. He was very funny. He was, oh my god, very gangly. Like <laughs> yeah, that guy know. had like seven foot arms. I was like, <laughs> what? Is, you're like some sort of weirdo or something. But honestly, <laughs> no, really, that was a funny scene, and I think that he was more or less my favorite character yeah. in that movie. I can understand that. Well, and see the thing that I, I, and this is this is my personal, my personal prejudice, I guess. I don't really have a lot of sympathy for the people that have these giant homes <laughs> that uh, you know they have millions of dollars and they have like personal problems. And it's like, okay, yes, I know that somebody like that does have personal problems. And fine, they have the same personal problems that everybody else does. Right. But at the same time, it's like she's living on this fucking like, uh, you know, ranch in Northern California, and she's, you know, I don't know. I just I I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. <laughs> uh, Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I I, I get I, it. I, I I don't know. Movies. I, a lot of movies are aspirational in that sense where. And a lot of TV shows where you're watching rich people because you want to make fun of rich people or you want to be rich people. Yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, I Plus, know. Plus, it's a hell of a lot more fun to do set design and what have you with rich people than in like a 700 square foot condo in Encino. Sure. Well, sure, I get that. I totally get that. I do. I mean, it's like... You know, who wants to see poor people's problems? If you want to see that, watch Cops. Watch an indie, pro, you know, movie. Or watch Cops, Indeed. you know, yeah. So, I just, I mean, I liked it. I did. And I think that Steve Martin was great in that. Yeah, it's interesting. He wasn't, he was kind of uh, the, um, he didn't have a hell of a lot of comedic stuff to do. He was just kind sure. of the romantic interest. The no, comedy sh- was left to Alec Baldwin and Meryl. Yeah, sure. He was sort of the one that... Uh, he was sort of the straight man, which was weird, considering Steve Martin as a straight man. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. You know? But And Alec Baldwin was... I, Alec Baldwin is literally one of my favorite actors ever. That guy can basically do anything. <laughs> I can even forgive him for that horrid phone call to his daughter. Yeah, I know. I, it's terrible, but it made me laugh. It did, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did me, I, too. It's kind of... I think he's crossing that Leslie Nielsen, Bill Shatner line. Oh, where totally. almost anything he does oh, becomes yeah. comedy. Yeah, no, and the thing, the, the thing where he was like, uh, you know, he said something like, uh, I'll call you later, baby. Or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, totally. That, you know, that's something that Alec Baldwin would do. And the, the, the thing I think that was weird about that movie was that you weren't really watching a character. You were watching Alec Baldwin. Right. You know? <laughs> and whereas Steve Martin, you were watching a character. Right. And, and Meryl Streep, I thought it was... I don't know. I just... I thought it was a little strange... Trying to make Meryl Streep like this hot chick, it was sort of like. <laughs> well, but she's she she has become the every woman fifty year old. No, I know, but I but she's not fifty. I, well, whatever, sixty. <laughs> I don't know, but um, 
Her little gaggle of friends was weird. It, Rita Wilson and and uh, who was the one chick from the big uh, the big chill who I haven't seen since then. Oh God, yeah, I know who you're talking With about. With a weird but... face. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> know, yeah, I know who you're talking <laughs> about. I do. I just, I, and then like, like you said, like Rita Wilson, and all she had to do was sit there on the couch, drink wine, and like talk <laughs> and about how much guys, yeah, yeah, exactly, how much guys <laughs> suck. You know, it's like, ugh, you know. And as a guy watching that movie, okay, and I watched that movie with a girl, uh, and as a guy, I sat there and I thought, you know, I sort of have a fair amount of sympathy for Alec Baldwin because, yeah. you know, he, he wants... He's a sympathetic bit. guy in the movie. I don't, but, think, I don't think that that movie has no villains. I sure, think. sure, but you know what the thing that sucked about it was... Except for maybe Lake Bell. She was kind of a villain. Yeah, she was kind of an asshole. <laughs> but, um, but uh, you know, the, the, the girl I was watching it with was like, oh, that's an asshole. And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes guys want to, you know, get back together with girls that they hadn't been with or whatever. And it's like, and she's like, well, no, he's an asshole. I'm like, all right, I'll shut up, you know. I did. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, but I think that uh, yeah, well, but there's a thing there's a thing with guys that women I think are attracted to but do not like, where you can have an amiable, likable asshole. Sure. Because there's no question he left he left Meryl Streep for a, a gal thirty years her junior. Sure. Yada. He now he's trying to get back with her and cheating on the the younger gal. Yada yada. So there's no doubt he is an asshole. Sure. But he's such a likable one. Sure, sure, totally. And you know what? I, the girl that I was watching the movie with even said that she goes, you know, that's the guy that most of the girls would go for, as opposed to Steve Martin. Yeah. You know, who is like this sort of shy, like you know, nice guy, whatever. And I was just like, you know, it's not that a guy like that is necessarily an asshole. He just, he's sort of undecided, you know? Right. I don't know. I just, I, that was, that was an odd movie. And I think that it was, there was way too many uh, montages. And there were, no, really. And the reason that I say that is that there was way too many uh, trying to set the mood montages. Yes. Where it's like, just set the mood. Don't, you don't have to do like this whole, <laughs> you know, this whole 80s right. thing. And Nancy Myers, I think, forced it a little bit. Maybe. There were scenes, definitely scenes in that movie that seemed very forced. Mm -hmm. That seemed like people were uh, laughing when they shouldn't or, uh, I don't know you know, way too happy or way too sad or something, you know? Yeah. It seemed a little forced. Sometimes. Okay. Whatever. Um, speaking of montages, I did want to get out of the way that I watched Beyond a Reasonable Doubt, the most recent film from one Peter Hyams, who... Uh, one Peter Hyams? Was, Who's that? <laughs> one of my all-time favorite directors. Oh, that's right. Never because, ne never because he was a great filmmaker. Because he never was. He had one great movie, and it was 2010, and unfortunately it was a sequel to one of the best movies of all time, so nobody remembers it. Yada yeah. yada. Okay. Um, but he was always a solid craftsman. Sure. He knew how to make a well, movie. Well, we talked about... Uh, make it exciting. We talked I'm, about I'm, uh, I'm End of Days. trying to talk about my sadness. Sorry. Ooh, sorry. My sadness. Oh, Phil's got sadness. Beyond a Reasonable Doubt is a, is a remake of the movie from the 40s or 50s. In which uh, a guy, a reporter, wants to um, trap a politician. Or, or uh, okay, so the story is is that um, Jesse Metcalf plays a, a reporter uh, who wants to trap Michael Douglas, who he believes is fraudulently uh, creating evidence to win all of his cases. Okay. Um, and so he uh, they he pretends to have murdered <clears throat> to be the primary suspect in the murder of this black hooker. And, uh, and fabricates all the evidence, video records himself um, buying all the things that are involved with the, with the uh So with he's the making murder. up the evidence. No, no, uh, the evidence is there. Like, you know, like they know the guy was wearing blue pants and he got bitten by a dog that was like, was, was you know, a Jack Russell or whatever. And so he goes and buys Jack Russell and makes it bite him. And he Jeez. goes and buys the blue pants and he buys the special 
the shoes that were in limited edition or whatever. Sure. Uh, you know, yada yada, to get himself caught so that when um, the uh, fraudulent DNA evidence is, induced, is introduced in court, he can come out and say, no, I didn't kill this person and this is all made up and he's introducing fraudulent evidence. Okay. And catch the guy. Okay. And so his romantic interest is Amber Tamblin. Um, so is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Hey. And uh, it's, it's such a lazy movie. Speaking <laughs> of montages, they're everywhere and they're purposeless in Beyond a Reasonable Doubt. And I don't know, and Michael Douglas is phoning it in so hard. You know, like, hey, I, I'm sure Peter Hyams called him up and said, hey, remember this? We made the Star Chamber together like 30 years ago. Want to do this? And he's like, fuck it, chill. Yeah, fine, whatever. And I don't know why anyone would cast Jesse Metcalf, but he, they did. But, um, <laughs> but it was, it was, I really Jesse watched Met it. Metcalf, blow me. <laughs> for, like, for like a decade, Peter Hyams has been on this slide into, like, it seems like yeah. he just doesn't care about yeah. it really making a good movie anymore. He just is yeah. there, he shoots a movie, kind of puts it together a little bit and throws it out into the world. Yeah, exactly. He's not really trying anymore. Yeah, exactly. It, the the it last movie... Sad. I know. In the last movie that he, it seemed like he really cared anything about was End of Days. Yes. Which we talked about before. Because but, after that, it's been like a parade of shit. The Musketeer, right. yeah, a yeah. couple Jean-Claude movies... Um, yeah, I mean, what the, What was that horror? A Sound of Thunder? Sound of Thunder, movie. yeah. Oh, man. I mean, come on. Here's the thing, though. It's like, why would you... I mean, you were a fairly big director at the time when you were sort of at your peak or whatever. Right. Why would you just sort of say, well, I don't care anymore? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed... Uh, for me, the turn was, was when he started working with Jean-Claude because Time Cop was maybe the last kind of movie uh, Time Cop and then later End of Days which was like his comeback maybe yeah um, uh, was Time, Time Cop was his last of it, at kind of his peak sure yeah and then after that it was Sudden Death and a slide into, yeah. into really lazy filmmaking yeah exactly I know exactly what you mean and uh, the with End of Days it, it was it wasn't exactly lazy but it was bordering Right. Or, well, I mean, or because I think there was it, not much style to that movie. Right. You know, and it was basically, I mean, he's like, I'm going to set it up, we'll shoot it, we'll go home. Right. You I know? mean, and a lot of it was already done. He didn't have to worry about a hell of a lot of, you know, the, the movie was ready to go. He just came in and organized sure. it. Yeah, yeah. So, and maybe because he had a budget and was working with Arnold, he decided to try a little bit. But everything since, it's just been like, oh, Peter. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. And, and. There's there's guys that uh, you wonder why they don't do better, right? You know, and and he's one of them to me. Yeah. And honestly, um, oh god, who's the Exorcist guy? Um, Billy. Billy. Friedkin. Well, yeah, a, a lot of my favorite. Guy. A lot of my favorite directors. In fact, all three of my top favorite directors have gone into this kind of lazy filmmaking spiral. Right, well, but see, the and, thing I mean, is, though, is it Ridley really... Scott is making big movies, but it seems like he's no longer interested. John sure. Carpenter barely comes out of retirement in oh, Marin yeah. County to do a movie anymore, and when he does, it's not so great. And Peter Himes is just dumb. Yeah, no, dumb. exactly. I know, I know exactly what you mean, because, like, why is it that uh, if you're one of these guys that people like us uh -huh. on a podcast will talk about, like... <laughs> You know, people actually do care what you make, you know, <laughs> and it's like, what, what, you don't care about your own movies anymore. I mean, I swear to God, it's like me and you, if we made a movie, we'd be trying so hard that we would never sleep. And uh, these guys like Peter Hyams and, well, and I'm sure Ridley Scott's the, the exception to that, because I think that Ridley Scott does actually care about it, but he just doesn't really know, like... Okay, you're going to get pissed at me. But I don't think that Ridley Scott really knows how to make a better movie than that anymore. I, I, I don't think so. What I, here's, here's what I think the problem with Ridley is. It's that he's no longer making movies that challenge him in any way. Sure, yeah. And so he's a little bit bored. Sure, no, yeah. I, I, yeah, I would totally agree with that. It's like, uh, you know, hey, whatever I do is going to kind of bore me. You bore me. <laughs> um, but, you know... 
it's like for me and you, it's like if somebody gave us $14 to make a movie, <laughs> you know, we would make it work. But the thing is, it's like uh, a lot of our our favorite directors seem to not really, it's like they're just recycling the same old shit, right. yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and especially Peter Himes. And I think that honestly, if somebody gave Peter Himes a good script and... I don't but know. see, I don't Say, know. But because here's the problem is he wrote this movie. Sure, but what I'm saying is that, <laughs> Well no so, I mean he's right he's making his own work and he still doesn't care enough to really try at it. Well then fuck him. I I don't know. No, I'm just saying that like somebody gave him if somebody gave Peter Himes, say, a really good script yeah. and sixty five million dollars to yeah. make a movie. I think that if Peter Hyams really tried to, he well, could make here's my, a fucking amazing movie. Here, I'll give him an out. I'll give him an out. Oh, well, of course he Is the last movie he really tried to do anything interesting on was The Musketeer, where okay. he tried to do The Three Musketeers uh, with kind of the Hong Kong action, flying all over the place stuff. And I think while it was bold in yeah. many of its decisions, it was mauled by the studio or whoever made it. I mean, sure. they're, they're, Hyams has always been a good editor. Sure. And that movie, there were far too many fades to black in the middle of a scene. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So it was mauled by the studio. I mean, he's been making people for uh, movies for people who are essentially looking for tax write-offs for 20 years. Yeah. And I think maybe being around that much, I don't care what you make, has probably made him not Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And and the thing is, it's like, uh, you know, once you sort of get into a, a little bit of a groove, right? it's hard to get out of that. Right. You know. Anyway. So, this probably is not funny at all, Phil. We need to make more jokes, We, we don't have an obligation to be funny. We're talking about movies. No, I know, but... We can talk seriously about movies. Yes, too, we, can. we can. We can. We totally can. Fuck you, people. If uh, you're only here for the comedy. Yeah, We're yeah, talking yeah. about movies here. <laughs> no, I think you're totally right, though. It's like, sometimes um, it's hard to get out of a little bit of a groove because once you get into it, it's real easy to just stay there. Because you know Moshe Diamant's going to give you another right. $20 million to right. make exactly. some other piece of shit. It's like some French businessman is going to give you, uh, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, I can make my next movie. Some Egyptian billionaire. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so anything, we, uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, we're going to do reader feedback. Ooh. Reader feedback. Listener feedback. <laughs> oh, what are we, a blog now? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Okay, so... Listener feedback would be, we're going to, uh, we have a request to do The Professional. A movie I haven't seen in 20 years. I haven't seen it in a while either, but... Um, it's spectacularly over the top. That's what everybody sure. remembers about. It introduced the world to Natalie Portman. Sure. And brought Jean Reno to America. Right. Um, and unfortunately his director. Um, I don't think anyone in the world has benefited from having Luke Besson around. Um, yeah, you know what's funny about that? I, I think you're right. I, I'm not sure that anybody, and there's, you could name dozens of people that have been in uh, Luke Besson movies yeah. or Luke Besson produced movies mm -hmm. or whatever, and I'm not sure that any of them have actually done better because of it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Jean Reno has a career because of this movie. Sure. And uh, he made uh, a good use of Gary Oldman for a long time. Gary Oldman, but, that was the start of Gary Oldman being completely and totally just psychotic. Yes. Like, yes. yeah. And <laughs> we, did, we did an impression earlier. Uh, Give us your rendition. Oh, God. Okay. Um, here we go. Phil, you got to set me up. Okay. Say, who do you want me to bring? Who do you want me to bring? Oh, Phil, come on. I'm telling you. Set me no, up. No, you're supposed to do Gary Oldman. Jesus Christ. I am getting it. Okay, so, you know what? I want you to bring everybody. Everybody? Everybody! Yeah, except maybe five minutes longer. <coughs> Got a head rush? <laughs> yeah, but he did it probably in 20 takes. <coughs> Whoa. <laughs> I think I just killed myself. 
and our <coughs> listeners. Sorry about that spiking of... Uh... Woo! Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think I just woke up your neighbors. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, the professional... John Renault always looked like... Um, he always looked like this sort of tired, like sort of haggard... Yeah. You know, I'm, I've been run down by the life kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and for that movie, that was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, and Natalie Portman, though, I mean, <laughs> really, I, I don't know. She, that was, was that her movie after uh, the, the piano? That was no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, get those two. I think that there. may have been Natalie Portman's first film. Okay. I think she was literally 12. Oh, I'm sure she was. She was. She couldn't have been more than about right. 14. But um, but yeah, it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's seriously over the top. There's some great action sequences. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, and I've never seen it since I first watched it. Yeah. No. I mean, it was. A, it was a good movie. It wasn't. And to me, John Renault is like. Uh, <laughs> he's a good actor, but it's like I'm not sure exactly where he fits in. To things. I mean, really. <laughs> well, that's why, I mean, he's ended up doing comedic roles in the Pink Panther. And well, right, but see, here's the thing is, it's like, he's a good actor, but all this stuff I've seen him in is sort of either ironic right. or uh, sort of he's paying the bill. It's like, okay, he was in Godzilla, mm-hmm. he was in uh, the Pink Panther. You know, it's like. Roman. Re- yeah, yeah, I think most people have never really figured out how to use. Yeah, Roman yeah. Now. And like, I think. Similar to Chow Yun Fat. He's, a, he's an actor from another country who people in America just can't really figure out how they fit. Right, exactly. And you know what? I think that John Renault's a great actor. I really do. I mean, I think that he gets it. Like, when you put him in a movie like The Pink Panther, mm-hmm. you know, he totally gets it. He's like, well, you know, I'm kind of the straight guy. You know, I mean, <laughs> whatever. And it's like, that's great. You know, he gets yeah. it. Or in Godzilla, in Godzilla, where he, God damn, uh, <laughs> I'm only drinking Gatorade, people. Uh, but uh, you know, he was he he sort of had the like you know goofy uh, French guy role. You know, <laughs> yeah. I will say, as a recommendation, if you like Jean Renault, watch the Crimson uh, Crimson Rivers. I think it's a pretty good French picture about a serial killer. No, I, the thing is, too, is it's like I get that he probably is like great as a in the French movies and all this stuff, but I just don't see him because you know what? Fuck you, Frenchies. <laughs> I want my freedom fries. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Where did we go with that? It's a. Never mind. Oh, you yeah. went there first. Yes, I did. Jackass. Okay, so what else is on our listener recommendation section? I don't fucking know. Twilight? Twilight. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. It's a bad movie. It was mm. uh, taken away from its director. She was fired from the project uh, because it's kind of a mess. Now, I will admit that it has a, lo- a little bit more heart than, say, the, uh, the second one does, which is more, much more technical. But it's bad acting, bad directing. Uh, she didn't know what to do with special effects. Sorry. I understand being attracted to the story because you like the book. It's not a good movie. No, it's not at all. It's not at all. And the thing to me is that, like, I watched that... Okay, so we're talking about the first one, Twilight. Right. Uh, it was just... It was so flat, like, it was... I couldn't even... I mean, I basically, I almost couldn't watch it. Because it was like... What the hell? There's nothing going on, for one. <laughs> for one, there's no action at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I just need action. I, but there's nothing going on. There's no, I mean, uh, Kristen Stewart is just fucking amazingly bad. Yes. I mean, she is like, she she's, she's a, off the charts bad. I mean, none of those three are very good actors, but she's the least qualified. Oh my to be god, an she's of like anyone. She's like, if you put a statue on screen, I'd be like, okay, I like that better. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's amazingly bad. Yeah, I know. I, I think I think that might be a good point. If you put a bust of Beethoven, yeah, in, in place of her in every scene and had somebody talk over it, yeah, I think I would prefer the bust of Beethoven. Oh my god, I know, right? <laughs> it's like if you just. Yeah, like the computer animation and made the fucking little bust of Beethoven talk. 
Oh my god, that would be more emotive than that bitch. Exactly. Oh god, I fucking hate her. And <laughs> A we, lot of people do. Oh, okay. So in that movie, basically it was flat. That's my my one word description of Twilight flat. Yes. There's nothing interesting there. Right. Okay. So the but, second I mean, one. Yeah, well, I think okay. we've talked about them, but yeah, they, they get better as you go along. But sure. only moderate. Sure. Well, the second one, I haven't seen the third one, so I got to put that as a disclaimer. But the the second one, at least it had it uh, semi decent special effects or something. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the guy turns into a wolf when he's jumping around and whatever. <laughs> and fucking, uh, I I don't know. This is this is sort of my personal uh, bias <laughs> is that Kristen Stewart. I, I really, I, I might have been a little interested in that series mm-hmm. if it wasn't her, because she is such, a, yeah. uh, just she's so bad. Oh I mean, my yeah, God. there there is one scene I think at the end of New Moon where, <coughs> where the bad guys, the Volturi, are, are going to kill Edward Robert Pattinson, right. and she freaks out like somebody in a high school production of West Side Story or something. She like. Pulls her hair up and starts screaming, and then her hand, her hands are all over her face, and you're like, "Honey, that's like really amateurish. Please stop." Yeah, no. Oh my God, she's so bad. I mean, it's just retarded how bad she is. Oh God, and (laughs) like she, she'll sit there and she'll look like all constipated and squinty and oh God. (laughs) And then the funny thing was too is like I watched uh, I watched the Rift Tracks version of the second one. Uh-huh. New Moon was it New Moon? New Moon. Okay, uh, I watched the the Rift Tracks version of the second one, and I was just like, and you know they're making these uh, sort of uh, snarky comments about oh mumbly mumbly mumbly, and I'm like, <laughs> well she really is though. Yeah. Like I mean that wasn't that wasn't just them being shitty to her. Mm-hmm. That's actually what she is. Yeah. You know. Ugh, God. <laughs> Twilight. Ooh, I do have a date though. To go see uh, the Expendables. Oh, yes, the Expendables. The Expendables. Ooh. With your mom. Shut <laughs> up, man. <laughs> no, it's my cousin. Oh. Oh. That's that a little hurts. gross that you would label that a date. man. This podcast is now coming from Arkansas. Uh, we were from West Virginia. <laughs> but so anyway, I did want to mention in a quick trailer section, I don't know if yes, you saw it. Yes, um, I, I There is a new movie coming out called Red okay. with uh, Bruce Willis, Helen Marin, uh, Morgan Freeman, and somebody else. Got it. <laughs> and... Um, and it, they play like uh, ex Oh, Mary Louise Parker, who yeah, yeah. the, the girl from Weeds. Yeah. Um, so they play like ex CIA operatives who are now trying to be killed by the CIA. And They're trying to be killed by the CIA. Uh, whatever. Um, the CIA is trying to kill them. Okay. All right. <laughs> trying in like, public to kill her. Um, <laughs> Why would he threaten to kill you in public? But anyway, so I don't know if the movie looks really good. But any movie where Helen Marin is on top of a car firing a machine gun, I'm in! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just such an incongruous sight that I have to go see it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I mean, I haven't seen that. I, in fact, I, I should have uh, watched a bunch of trailers before I came over because we didn't really have uh, a real strong trailer section in this one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I should have I uh, watched them. Um, one thing that I will say... It just a moment, and it's not a trailer, but it's a moment where, um, in uh, <laughs> sorry, pull it together, it still man. makes me laugh. We're st- in um, it's complicated where uh, the, the doctor comes up to the hotel room, and uh, he the, the uh, Al- Alec Baldwin was saying that he takes Flomax because <laughs> yeah. it, he's like it cuts down on semen, and he the doctor looks at uh, at uh, <laughs> at Meryl Streep. Sorry, I got a dog distracting me. But at Meryl Streep, and she's like, "Oh yeah, 
I like a lot of semen. That's just me. I just was like, you know what? She delivered that line perfectly. Like, there is no way that uh, she could have delivered that line better. <laughs> really. And you know what? It's weird because it's like, oh, man, she's like 70. You know? <laughs> she's not that old. I know, but it was funny. Okay. Well, all your, right. I your think Muppet we're... is like killing me. <laughs> My Muppet. Yes, he is a Muppet. Yes, named after a strange president. All right. Um, so, so I think that's about it. People, probably. let them know. I, I, you know, if you've enjoyed us, uh, find us on Facebook. Can you fucking believe? Yes, it? exactly. And you know what? You don't even have to do the whole thing. You can just type in "Can you f?" I think, and it'll and come up. It'll probably come up. Okay, but you can also uh, find us on iTunes and uh, just do a search. Can you fucking believe it? And it's also the same thing. They censor us out, man. You know, they this don't is like bullshit. Us. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's like, uh, you know, they don't want us to swear on the podcast or anything. <laughs> and so... You get the little explicit... Yeah, right. You get the little stars and, like, money signs and pounds and whatever. So <laughs> And you can find us at Podcast Machine, and you can email us any comments, any, uh, you know... Any... Uh, Anything. Viagra ads, whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah, can you like, can you FBI at gmail.com. All right. I think okay. we pretty Anything much else? covered it. Yeah. All right. Why don't so, you take us out, Mr. Amos? Oh, God, I'm bad at this. Um, let's see. Uh, ooh. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the, um, because of the fact that I do have actually a date mm-hmm. to go see the Expendables, I'm going to do the Sly Stallone. All right. I'm waiting. Oh Lord, you gotta give me a you gotta give me a critique before I cut it off, though. Okay. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> I think that was Sly mixed with Arnold, but it's okay. By oh me. God, that was terrible. <laughs> All right, people, Have love a- us.